Hi, welcome to Mimi. I'm Mel. I created Mimi as a safe space for creativity, a place for creatives to come together, get inspired, and find help through accessible coaching, free resources, and fun workshops and masterclasses on everything from branding, surface design, illustration, and more. The Mimi podcast is basically a really good excuse for me to chat with amazing people, from illustrators and designers to photographers, makers, and more. In today's episode, I chat with Lalise Stamps. Lalise is a wonderful creative spirit. She started out in the industry as a graphic designer before fully embracing ceramics and creating a beautiful brand's Loli Loli Ceramics. We talk about a 100 mugs a day challenge, which propulsed her into the light at the same time as the Black Lives Matter movement was gaining popularity back in 2020, and how everything felt to her. We talk about her process, her inspirations, and how she now runs a very successful business, having to wear all the hats. Lalise is such an inspiration and a force of nature. It was truly lovely getting to chat more deeply about her journey and hearing all her experiences. Enjoy! I've not had anyone with a mic before. Oh yeah, this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> well, actually, I did a I did a project with I can't remember who it was at the moment, Washington Post, and yeah. they sent me this microphone, and then I like was like, oh, how should I return it back to you? And they're like, oh no, it's a gift to you. You should use it for like the rest of your career. And I was like, actually, I could use that for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm pretty sure we've met before. Yeah, we have. Okay, yeah, because I thought a lot about this. I was like, I know I've met Lalise. Like, I remember it. I remember it was at basic store isn't it yeah and it's funny because I've been following you since we met mm -hmm. and I, I was visiting that was 2017 and I was studying abroad and um my because you're based in London right I'm in Margaret now but I was in London yeah I happened to be in London because I was studying abroad and I think I just happened to run into the store because I love like little boutiques and we met through that that store yeah, I don't remember yeah. what it's called yeah no that's what it is yeah I remember and you definitely weren't doing what you're doing now because I would have nope I mean I remembered <laughs> you anyway because I think you talked you came and talked to me and it's funny because I've read you're quite good at just going and talking to people and that's how I remembered you I was like you're really yeah open and and it's nice like I love that because I'm the same and mm -hmm. I'm like come talk to me um yeah but yeah so it's nice see and now it's, you're like it's a good way to travel and, to meet yeah. people and just oh, converse yeah and, were you traveling yeah. on your own I was but I was with a group with the class but I think at that time I was just by myself just smosing around that's nice yeah. it's the best way I've always <laughs> traveled on my own I just I feel like you said you make more connections than if you have a buddy with you you're less likely to be open to new people like you're just likely sure. to be talking to them and but yeah so I'm really excited to have you on because it's the same like I was obviously I was following you when you started following me but then you changed path and now you're mm -hmm. doing amazing stuff because um, I never <laughs> really you. saw any kind of graphic design I don't remember again I feel like I mean, it's harder no. as well. I think you probably didn't share it as much. Um, no, I didn't at all, actually. We're going to talk about this in a minute. But first, I want to start at the very beginning. And I'm going to struggle to pronounce this word because I was researching on Google how to pronounce. You were born. Were you born? I mean, you were raised in Milwaukee. I can't say oh, that yeah. word. I can't <laughs> say it. Milwaukee? Yeah. Okay. Mil and Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, that's no, really hard. <laughs> 
But yeah, I'd love to know, like, what was your childhood like? Um, were your parents creative as well? Like, all that jazz. So yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee. And actually, we don't say it the correct way either. It's M-I-L. So we're supposed to say Milwaukee. But we tend to, if you're from here, you tend to say Milwaukee. Like, you just skip a whole bunch of different types okay. of letters. That's good to know then. Uh, so you're not the, yeah. Yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee. And I grew up on the north side. But I went to school, like, in the city. So I have a wide range of diverse friends. Yeah, I've just always been a creative. My parents aren't, I, I don't know, they wouldn't describe themselves as creatives the way I am. But my mom was always a writer and always fostering creativity. So they're, they're really awesome in that way where they have always been really supportive, but not necessarily knowing what it means to be an artist themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I guess writing is very creative. Well, my mom was a single mom for the most part. My dad was kind of in and out of my life. So I think in that regard, she didn't really get to completely foster her own creativity in those ways. Like I always knew that she was a writer. I knew that she won even awards uh, a young person, but I didn't really get to see that from her. So she's busy being a mom, but she she's a lot more creative now for sure. Yeah. Being a mom is a full-time job. And I mean, mm -hmm. she probably never really had time to write, but yeah, hopefully she's yeah. doing it more now. Oh, she is for sure. Amazing. Yeah. So I think I read as well that you were very creative very early on. I mean, I think all kids are very creative, but I'm curious because mm -hmm. where you, what, what kind of stuff were you doing? Probably everything. The thing I think of the most when I was really, really young is that I used to be in daycare with me and my brother. So I'm the oldest and I have three younger brothers and but we're all pretty close in age, but we used to be in daycare together. And I used to have the, the wildest imagination. I would be in uh, a class with other kids my age and I would make up like a fake bank concept or like a fake doctor concept. And I would use paper to create all this money or like all the tools like a doctor uses. And I would make people come to like my bank and like, hey, the bank's open. But it's like the imagination part of it was where really where I was really creative. And uh, I do think about that now. I'm like, oh man, that really does resonate with me to this day. Like I have such a wild imagination and sometimes a really clear vision for what I want in my business. So yeah, I was doing a lot of that kind of thing. I was also just really good at drawing. I, I would draw characters like Winnie the Pooh or other types of like Disney characters. It was funny because I'm really introverted. And when I was younger, my brothers would try to draw the same things <laughs> but I, I hated it because it was like my thing but I still have some of those things to this day like I have some of those characters that I would draw so it wasn't really like an original but it was like practicing drawing really <laughs> yeah that's really sweet it's mm -hmm. funny that your brothers were imitating you I was doing the same with my brother he's not artistic at all now he's an engineer <laughs> but he used to be really good at reproducing things and I'm like you mm. I'm really good at, like I've got a really big imagination and I'm really creative but I was really bad at drawing like I don't think I draw really well I just I have ideas and I draw a certain way but you know if I were to draw something really well I couldn't so I was kind of copying him I'm like oh um, <laughs> well it's it's interesting because I look at your work and I would never say that you don't draw really well. It's just like your own interpretation of the way you see the world. And I think that's why I love illustrators and designers so much because it's really us portraying our interpretation of the world. And I, I really, to this day, wished I was a better illustrator, but I never really gave it the practice that it deserved. And that's why I happened to just start ceramics and that's where things kicked off for me. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, let's talk about your journey because it's pretty amazing. Before lolly lolly before all of that so you studied graphic design and you actually were a graphic I mean you're still a graphic designer it's the kind of thing mm -hmm. that stays with you you worked for a bit right before even going into ceramics 
Yeah. And, and to touch on that point about being an artist or kind of deciding what you want to go into uh, for your career, I think my biggest, or from my perspective and my experience, I think going back to my parents, they weren't creatives. And during that time, I guess I went to, I graduated high school 2008. So I think back on that time and they just really wanted me to succeed. I think that they always wanted me to do better than what they did, but they didn't really necessarily know what types of careers existed in the arts. And I think the arts here, at least in the U.S., are so underfunded. I think as years go by, they continue to be underfunded. And it's really unfortunate. But uh, for me, my parents were like, you're an artist. We want to foster that. Only things we know that are like really lucrative where you can get a career is like in architecture. So that's what I did. And it took me kind of going on that path on my own and trying that out, realizing it wasn't really quite for me, even though I really appreciate architecture. And then quitting and having to kind of go on my own journey to just really finding what worked for me. And I just met people who were graphic designers. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like at least sort of along the lines of something that I could do. And I just tried it and it worked. And then a few years later, I found clay. And then I kind of, you know, follow that journey. And in a few years, I might find something else and be like, oh, this is something that aligns with me even more. You know, I think that's kind of the beauty of being an artist or just being a human. Like there's so many opportunities nowadays. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so nice what you're saying, because it's making me think about the fact that I feel like our parents didn't have that as much as we do in terms of, you know, being able to more or career as we go along or you know decide mm -hmm. to yeah like you did like you're a graphic designer and then you're a very successful like business owner revolves around clay and ceramics and tomorrow you could do something else and I think it's so nice that we can be like this and yeah I feel like our parents had a job and they kind of kept it their whole lives they didn't probably yeah, feel like they sure. could do I'm sure they could but I love that we can do that and I feel the same sometimes I'm like you know um maybe I'll be a photographer in 10 years and I don't know like anything you know anything <laughs> maybe. that yeah very probably I do love photography but then I'd miss yeah. illustration so maybe I think that's the other thing too it's like I don't really want to give up on my current business model I think that it works really well and I can see like the, the future of it I have goals for it but I do always wonder, you know, what other types of, for lack of a better word, what other types of streams of revenue can I kind of add on to that? And what kind of team can I build around those new streams of revenue? Workshops, for example, is something that we are working towards. Uh, so it's, you know, an educational component of ceramics. And I, it's something that's really exciting to me. I love teaching. I love being a mentor. Um, so it's just like adding on and almost building like an empire in a way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's a good, I love your <laughs> empire. So far, it's going really well. Thanks. But coming back to how it all started, I thought it was so interesting reading the whole 100 Mugs project that actually has inspired me to do my own little 100 collages a day, but I'm not going to share it. I'm just, gonna, it's <sighs> just for me, but I'm excited to do something different. And I think what I liked about you doing this is that you were talking about how you sharing, you were creating, you know, it's that creating daily. I mean, sometimes not daily because you had to plan and stuff, but you know that. Yep. Having to create and sharing it, even when you weren't sure, when you didn't really like it, but you're like, no, I'm doing this and seeing how people reacted to it. And that whole, I don't know, the whole idea was so great. And I wanted to know what's like the biggest kind of lesson, if you could say, that you learned from doing this project. I have to point out that I think that it's really admirable that you decided not to share yours. It's really interesting because I didn't really, and sorry to stray from your question. That's okay. But I didn't really intend on this project kind of becoming what 
what it has to this day. Like there's sometimes where I do think like, what if I never really shared it? Because it really was meant to be for myself to push myself. Ultimately, I am happy that I did. I don't think there's a right or wrong approach to it. Um, but I do think sometimes that I want to do another one, but maybe not in the same capacity, maybe not a hundred things, but a project that is for myself so that I can have something that's really for me. Uh, I really yearn for that to this day so I, I didn't know you did one that's really cool <laughs> yeah well no I'm do- I'm doing it and it's funny because I've got the same thing where some days I'm like oh I don't like this but now I've done it it's fine and then I'm like oh why don't I like it and you actually for me it's really interesting because obviously it doesn't take nearly as long as you making mugs and you know thinking of different <laughs> handles like I'm doing a collage which is really nice to get out of not be on a screen as well but it will teach me about my illustration work as well like you know even though I'm not sharing it I will grow from it which is the whole point I think there's so many lessons definitely I think the biggest lesson from that project is that really anything is possible. (laughs) I don't know if that sounds kind of corny or cliche, but I think that sometimes we don't really know what's possible in life. And I think the biggest thing I learned from that is that there's so many things that can come out of just putting yourself out there. And it's it's what I felt like I did. I feel like I really put myself out there by sharing really vulnerable processes. And I, I at that time, I didn't feel like I was the best at clay. And to this day, I still, <laughs> I feel like I still like make things. I'm like, oh man, like what am I doing right now? I don't even know what I'm making right now. But that's kind of what life is. You kind of have to put yourself out there and really go out on a limb sometime. And as an artist too, and try new things. And that was really worth it for me. And I think that the outcome of that project was way bigger than I could have ever imagined. And I always encourage people to try something similar. Like I don't, I wouldn't say do something for a hundred days, but try to do something that feels kind of uncomfortable for you because you really just never really know what the outcome will be. You never really know who you'll connect with. You never really know who you'll touch in that process. And it, it could be way beyond your wildest dreams for sure. Yeah. It was such a Great idea. And obviously it's led to amazing things. And I love that you're Mm -hmm. still reproducing some of them to this day, right? Yeah. So we've reproduced a few of the styles. There's about three styles that we kind of continue to reproduce. And actually, this is such a great topic in terms of growing a business and scaling and going back to the fact I never really intended on this project becoming what it is. So it was really meant to be an art project for me. Uh, and the fact that I just do sell some of the pieces now to this day is is so wild. But so I completed that in 2019 and it's 2023 now. I feel like we haven't really landed the process yet for how to make these. And it's just such a testament to, you know, I don't even know. I can't even really put my finger on it. I think that Creating something as an individual is one thing and experimenting with something as one artist is one thing, but transforming that into a business and teaching other people how to do it and creating workflows and structures, like it's kind of mind blowing sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes I'd look back and like, why did I decide to do this? But uh, yeah, we do sell some of the styles and we hope to introduce more styles and we hope to introduce more product as we continue to grow. But we're, we're taking the slow and steady route right now. And that's a good route to take. Okay, so to be completely honest, I don't really know much about clay, like the actual processes. I mean, I will because mm-hmm. I've already had another ser- like ceramicist on and I want, I'm having more. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you guys. But oh, didn't yeah. <laughs> you start, um, what's it called? It's not molding. What's the word? Oh, slip casting. That word. Yeah. Is that not making things a bit easier? It is, but 
it's funny because this past week we really did have a hard week when it came to slip casting. Um, so we do still a little bit of both. We still do wheel throwing and we still do, we, and we've introduced slip casting. The hard thing about the wheel throwing is that I'm the only one who has truly been able to wheel throw our pieces the way that I want them to be. And it's just a lot on your body. So the decision to start to slip cast came out of that. It's like, okay, we want to make more pieces. We want to reach more of a larger audience. So how can, what's like the next step to that? So slip casting has been that next step. Um, I don't know who the ceramicist is that you spoke with, and I don't know if they do slip casting at all, but uh, it's essentially a process of using liquid clay. It's called slip. And you pour liquid clay into plaster molds. This is like an age old craft. It's not something new that I'm doing, but we do play around with new techniques and approaches. Uh, so we pour the liquid slip into plaster. And if you've ever worked with plaster, it's very porous, which means that it can absorb moisture really well. Um, so essentially what the plaster molds do is they absorb the moisture from the clay and they create a hardened form on the inside out of the clay. It's one of those processes that it's so hard to verbally explain. It's really fantastic when you can see it with your own two eyes. And that's something that we've been trying to do more, show the process. Um, and there's a lot of other ceramicists online, um, Instagram specifically and TikTok who share their processes. But yeah, so slip casting is what we've decided to do. And we've also started introducing jiggering, which is a whole nother process where it's like using like this handle that creates the form and plaster molds. It's, <laughs> there's so many techniques. And I think that's the thing. A lot of times people, they are kind of um, skeptical. They're like, why are you kind of moving away from the handmade part of things? And I kind of challenge them and say, you know, why would you think that these aren't handmade still? You know, we're not throwing them on the wheel every time, but we are still using our hands in every step of the process. And we we will continue to do so as we grow, but we're just going to use different types of equipment and techniques to just help us make it easier on ourselves because it could just be a labor intensive thing. Yeah, it's a lot for you to have to do all of them, like if you still had to do all of them, because you're wearing so many hats now. And like you were saying, yes. you're dealing with so many things. You need to preserve yourself as well. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time nowadays that I find joy in lots of different parts of growing the business. Like, obviously, I love making the pieces. That's that's what my first love and that's what started this whole thing. But at the same time, I haven't really been able to even design new pieces. You know, like I would love to create new product lines. And that's really where my skill set started is designing. Uh, if you really think about it, a lot of my goals for this year to kind of step away from production, almost 75, 80% so that I can use that time in other areas like content creation is such a touchy subject sometimes. And people are like, oh, content creation, uh, influencer, what, what is this whole world? But I really enjoy that part of the world because I really enjoy that part of the business because it really is connecting and engaging with our audience more directly. And I feel like that part has been suffering a little bit for the past year or so because I've been trying to figure out the production side of things. So it's like that balance that definitely gets really tricky. And there's even times where uh, we're going to do a drop and I'm like, oh, do people even remember who we are? I feel like we haven't been as prevalent online. And then we put mugs online and they sell out still really fast. And I'm like, okay, people remember us. It's okay. I don't have to freak out. <laughs> I love that. I think also it's part of the story, isn't it? I feel like nowadays businesses need to have a strong leader. So which you are, you know, in a strong story. And that's why probably you enjoy the content part as well. And all the partnerships and the collabs, because it tells your story. And I love like, mm -hmm. yeah, I watch a lot of the videos and yeah, I love it. You, you know, can feel the spirit behind the brand. You need that. And it's really fun. You, yeah, you, you seem like you're having fun doing all those videos. I mean, it's good that you're enjoying them. At least 
least, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's the the hard thing. Sometimes I don't enjoy them because it does feel like work and we've started to get paid more for them and um, work with bigger brands, which is really awesome. But then sometimes I have to deliver these deliverables during weeks where maybe something's just not going really well on internal part of things. And yeah, it's just a balance. And I got to find time to make sure I take care of me because you're right. I am the leader and it's interesting how fast I've kind of taken on this role and have become a leader and take it really seriously. Um, Especially recently we've taken on interns. So we have a lot more people working at the studio. It's definitely been really fun to see the evolution in that way. Yeah. You need to set a good example for for everything as well, like mental health ways as well. You want it to be a nice place where you're not stressed all the time or like overworked. Right, because that's not a good vibe to give off, (laughs) not good energy. (laughs) So actually, that's what I thought was really interesting as well, reading about your journey is thinking about the fact that when you did that project, the Merck project, and then you ended up being like, oh, wow, this is blowing up. This is going to become Loli Loli. Mm -hmm. It must have been so scary in a way to be like, oh, oh, so I guess I'm not going to do graphic design anymore. I'm going to go into this. (laughs) Like, how did you feel? Um, Definitely overwhelmed, I think, was was the biggest descriptor for how I felt during that time because that was in 2020. So it was after I released the 100 Mug Project. And it was during a time where there was just a lot going on here in the States with the death of George Floyd, the pandemic was happening around the world. I just was pulled, I feel like, in a lot of different directions and trying to keep my full-time job steady, um, but being so distracted by what was happening in the world. So the death of George Floyd is kind of really the big moment for me in my career where things really shifted because people were kind of freaking out. They're like, okay, we're starting to see these injustices more against black and brown people here in the States. I mean, everywhere. And it was just hitting people in the face and they're like, okay, I want to support black and brown people more. I want to support trans people more. You know, it's just like, it was this big movement where everyone was like, I need to do something. So I definitely got caught in that wave where people were like, okay, I want to support black business. And literally within such a short span of time, I had all these new followers on Instagram. It was really bizarre. Like truly like over the course of like a few days, I went from having like maybe 10,000, 8,000, I think I had to like 40,000 new followers. And it was a wild moment for me because I was out protesting a lot and really in the streets being with the people kind of expressing our frustrations and I was also working full-time so that time was really overwhelming for me from about May 2020 to September were those months of like just a lot happening and September is when I decided to quit my full-time job there was a lot happening where I was getting featured in all these different publications and just a lot of recognition for my work which is great. It's like the dream. It's like, okay, people are seeing me and seeing my work, even though I did feel a little performative. It didn't feel super genuine at first, but as the time went on, I was still getting that recognition and it felt like, okay, people are still recognizing me for my work. It's not just because I'm black. Like it's, it goes beyond just that. So when I quit my job in September, 2020, I was definitely overwhelmed, but it felt like the right thing to do. It felt like the moment people ask me all the time, how do you know when the right time is to quit your job? And I think that is a case by case basis. I think my financial advisor at the time would have wanted me to stay on my full-time job like a little bit longer just to save a little bit more. But I was like, you know, nope, I'm already getting these like brand deals. I'm getting all these publications. Like if I don't do it now, then I don't think I'll ever do it. Like when's the right time? So very overwhelmed, but still overwhelmed, but in different ways. (laughs) 2023, I've definitely gotten a little bit of a, a grasp on things and have more help now, which is makes all the difference. 
Yeah, and I think you you need to fully commit as well. There's a point where if you keep a part-time job or if you know, I don't know, there's a point I feel like, you know, if you feel like it's right, you need to like, let's just go. Let's do it. Let's give this a full chance, which you did and it paid out. So it's pretty amazing. And can I ask? Yes. Thank you. Can I ask, are you full-time now with your business? I have been for seven years, six years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, so you can relate to that. Like you really do have to fully commit at some one point yeah. or else you're just kind of being pulled in different directions you're not being a hundred percent in one thing or the other and it just yeah. yeah and you don't have the urgency as well of being like oh wow I really need to move my butt because you know there's no safety net but I think yeah. for me it was a lot of I hate the idea of not being my own boss I'm very weird like that I'm like I just need to be doing my own thing on my own terms and I'm sure you relate and yeah yeah, I was like, okay, I did like a year in a full time job in London, and then yeah, I went freelance. When when we met, I was yeah full time. You kind of get it now, like you've been in this game now for six or seven years, like you said. And once you're working for yourself, it's really hard to imagine going back to working for someone else. And I do know that it's not for everyone though. Like even the other day, I met with my banker, and he was like, "Yep, yeah, I love that I could just work my nine to five and go home, and that's." the dream and it's not for everyone so I'm glad that I found this path because it does work for me yeah it's definitely not for everyone but I think it's funny because after the pandemic because a lot of people were working from home I think a lot Mm -hmm. more people realized actually mate I could you know I could actually do my own thing and I work well like it really depends how you function I guess yeah and if you can regulate yourself I think freelancers and small business owners work way more than anybody else just by nature because we can't stop we're really bad at (laughs) regulating but um yeah true (laughs) Um, I find a good balance, I think. Yeah. I hope so. That's good because so. that was one of my questions. Do you feel like, yeah, you've got a good balance going on? I think so. Even today, I kind of mentioned that I was a li- like lounging around before the podcast. So I feel like a little out of sorts. I feel a little bit better now that we're deep in it now. Yeah. But I love sleep. I think that sleep is really important. And there was a long time where I felt almost shameful or guilty for engaging in sleep when I felt like I needed it. And in the sense of taking a nap, for example, as I've gotten older and as I've gotten to know my body a little bit more. I, I really am that type of person that needs sleep to kind of keep me going. So I, I on the weekends, you'll definitely see me taking naps and uh, I think they're super important. And then in terms of like just being social, I think that it's hard because I'd like to be social, but also I only have a capacity for it. Like I went out Friday night and it was really nice. It was nice to be around people. But after like an hour, I was like, oh, I just really do want to just go home and relax and put on a movie. I think I have a decent balance. I think my parents and my partner's parents are always like, you guys work so much. We're like, we don't feel like it though. We feel like we're actually enjoying what we're doing. Like today I'm designing packaging with one of my interns. So it's like a fun thing. It feels great and it's exciting. So I think some people just don't understand it. And I think that if it feels like a good balance for me, then I think that's all that really matters. I love naps too, just so you know, and baths, (laughs) and I love sleep. Um, And it's great that you've got a good thing going on because it will, you know, means you will last. It's important. Yeah. It's for yourself, for the business, for everything. Exactly. Um, So there's a few things I wanted to ask you about the actual making, which you've mentioned already. You actually don't get that much time to play at the moment, which is a shame, but hopefully soon you'll get to create a bit more. I mean, you're doing packaging, which is also really fun. But I was very curious to talk about how I feel like I can see your like 
graphic designer's eye in your work as well, in your clay work. And <laughs> yeah, I think that's something interesting to talk about. Well, I appreciate that. I get that a lot. Again, it's one of those little secret little nugget things that I never really expected, um, you know, for my graphic design to show up in, in clay. But what a beautiful marriage that is of two totally different things. And actually, I am working on a project now, which I haven't really talked about yet. So this is the first time I'm talking about it with a furniture brand based here in the States. And basically what I'm doing is designing product with their design team and they're producing it. So it's like a collection where I get to design beyond just ceramics. So um, lighting is product category and tabletop, uh, which ranges from anywhere from like a whole dinnerware set, doing a whole like nightstand tabletop type of thing too. So I have been able to be really creative lately, which I'm really excited about. And even the fact that I have like an inspiration board up at the studio right now is monumental. <laughs> I feel like for the longest time I was like I need to get my inspiration board back up I need to see visuals to kind of inspire me because that's what's gonna encourage me to continue creating so you've mentioned a few times something that I can relate to which is trying to find inspiration outside of the internet bubble which just always look at the same things on Instagram and that was actually a thing for your 100 mugs a day project is that you looked at nature and outside yeah I wonder if that's still like a big source of inspiration to be outdoors and look at oh, yeah. the real world Absolutely. And I think that it's, it is hard because I still look to the internet and, you know, mostly it's not really going to the internet when I'm needing inspiration. It's that when I'm on the internet, if I see something, I'm like, oh, let me screenshot that. Cause that the shape of that is a great shape or something. And it's never really ceramics. Like it's truly things that like, like I'll be watching someone's stories on Instagram or something and they're at like a restaurant and there's like a really beautiful lighting fixture or something. I'm like, oh, I love the way that that like drapes or I love the way that that has these multiple different directions that it's going in. So I'll screenshot that for inspiration. So a lot of my inspiration will be like really fuzzy images of something that like you can't really make out. But every time I see it, even if I like screenshot of something years ago and it, there's like so much going on in the photo, I'm like, oh yeah, that one thing back there, that's the thing that was inspiring to me. That's why I saved that one photo. So the internet can be really good in some ways. And I think that that's what we have to kind of train ourselves to do is to not really see things at face value for what they are. And even like the 100 Mug Project, like I'm not the first one who's ever done that. I'm not the first one who's ever done that with clay. I'm especially not the first one who's even done that with with mugs like I've seen a variation of that online but I was able to see it and then make it my own and re-envision it you know I think a lot of people just kind of because I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I definitely see people who have are, do direct copies and I think that that's where it gets really tricky because we're all seeing the same inspiration something I, I really like to do is go to museums um, that was one of the the reasons I was in London in 2017, I was studying um, art history as a graphic designer. And I am not even joking, Melanie. I went to so many museums and galleries and it was really awesome because you, you're just immersed in, I, I don't go to a museum and leave like feeling empty handed. I feel like I feel inspired and I'm like ready to create. It's just going out into the world is so important because there's so much going on around us. I completely agree. And it's finding the time as well to do it. And that's coming mm -hmm. back to where we were saying making time. And it's, so it's not just for rest and, you know, ourselves. It's also for inspiration and not just opening Pinterest. Because at the end of the day, we're not really going to do anything really exciting. Yeah, exactly. But even as like a ceramicist, I, I like to look to other forms of art, like product design. Yes, but architecture, 
ironically, something that I used to study that didn't feel really right for me at that time. I just, I don't think I could design buildings, <laughs> maybe down the line, but I looked at architecture so much, like especially recently, I've been looking to architects in, in Mexico and just the forms and the colors that are down there. I, I'm really dying to go. I went to Tulum recently for more of a relaxing vacation, but I uh, I really want to go to Mexico City because all of my friends who go, I'm like, oh, your photos, like these places look so interesting and functional in the in the way that you live in them. And I think that that's so cool and to reimagine. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in Wisconsin right now. And honestly, the architecture here is not always amazing. There's a lot of other really awesome things about it, but architecture is definitely a great form of inspiration architecture i mean i think yeah you have to when you go to places like mexico i've never been either but i'm dying to go especially for the food to be completely honest oh my gosh and, yeah <laughs> yeah and no i think everything the colors the food the weather the people mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the sea there yeah it's like one of those dreamy places but yeah when you travel that's what's so nice isn't it especially in countries where it's not just modern kind of brittleist architecture which can yes. also be inspiring for some people but yeah i like i like mm -hmm. colorful quirky things like i love you know the south of France they always have the brightest colors on there like everything is just more colorful wherever it's warm which is nice yes yeah, yeah. Really well nice. even like going back to that balance like I I've traveled so much already this year and I have to travel like I'm at an age where I don't have children yet and I love to travel and I, I think a lot of times people are like how do you have time to travel and I'm like I just make it happen like you just have to make it happen and I don't like to travel for like weeks on end. Like sometimes it's just three or four days, but it's enough for me to kind of get out of my comfort zone. And maybe that's what my continued through line like theme is, removing myself from my comfort zone because I feel like I tend to do that in like lots of different ways. That's a really yeah. good thing to do. I think that's what keeps us growing. And you know what you were saying earlier about not feeling like you're the best at working with clay or not the best ceramicists, you know, but I think the day we start feeling like we're the best is probably the day we stop growing. Annoyingly, yeah, we need to feel like we're not good enough. So we've got that fire of being like, let's get better. Yeah. I mean, on that note, I think about business, the business side of art. I feel like I've taken on a, a beast when it comes to taking on a business. And I feel like one of the most fulfilling things about it is that I don't have to do it the same way it's traditionally been done. Like I don't have to hire people the same way people are hired at like big corporations. I don't have to, you know, have the same type of work days as people at big corporations. And I think that's like such a liberating part of it. How has it been building your team? Because it's such a huge thing. So you started Loli Loli on your own, you were doing things and it started growing and you were like, well, I need help. And now you've got how many people work for you, with you? Mm, I say 10 or 11 on any given day because we do have contractors who work for us. But I will say we do have five people who are always in the studio kind of circulating at different times. But we have three interns one full-time person and then myself who we're, we're always there. So that's five. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 a team. It's like, yeah. We have a team, so yeah. How has it been for you doing that? How are, are you navigating hiring and building and making sure you're getting the right people as well? Yes, because that is like the key, getting the right people. I think it's been fine. I've had one person who has worked with me since 2020 and she even moved to Wisconsin from Ohio because we used to be based in Ohio. And when things were kind of picking up with the business, I decided I would move to Milwaukee and grow my business here because that's where I'm from. And one of my employees was like, I, I've never been to Wisconsin, but I really like what we're doing and I, I want to continue to be a part of it. So she traveled and moved here with me and obviously has her own life here and everything. But I think that's just kind of one of the testaments like to what we're doing. I think she believed in it enough to be like, okay, I want to continue this this journey so hiring people has been 
really good. I, I feel really fortunate because we've gotten a lot of really awesome team members. Actually, something I've been kind of realizing lately is that, you know, I am Black myself. I'm a woman. So I really do try to make sure we're conscious of hiring diverse pools of people and bringing on people from different backgrounds. And I think that's probably been the biggest challenge. Even though I'm in a city where it is really diverse, um, and even though we kind of tell people that you don't have to have experience in clay, I think it's just work. You really have to work to find the people who you think can join the team and work well on the team. But it's what I'm willing to do. Like I think that it makes all the difference to have the right people on the team. And I, I love it. I think that I have understood the difference of being an artist and working on my own and growing as an artist, as an individual versus growing a business. And it's what I want to do. Like I respect other artists who kind of want to stay like a small team or just themselves, but it's, it's not really what I want to do. I think that there's a bigger calling for me um, in terms of reaching more people and being a representative of a Black woman who's an artist who is, I don't know, hiring people and making a difference in the community because community is a really big goal for me the impact for sure. You're talking exactly about what I wanted to talk about now, which is nice. you setting an example and yeah, living it like living the dream fully and showing mm -hmm. other people that they can do it like you mm -hmm. did it. And there's two things I wanted to ask you being back home. So you said it's because you wanted it's nice. So you wanted to come back home and grow the business there and community is at the core of what you do. So how does that show up? So right now I feel like it shows up in not a huge way yet, which is fine. I think we use the resources that we have um, and we do what we can. So it shows up in various ways. So the internship program is one of our bigger efforts lately. And we work directly with uh, colleges and universities in Milwaukee. So we're part of like their internal application process where students apply and we do like a whole interview and we've built this whole curriculum around supporting and being mentors to our interns. So it's not just like we're looking for people to work for us because we need help, but it's truly a dual, like we need them and, and they need us in a way to kind of be able to see what it's like to be an artist and work and grow on your own or, or work for a small business. So the internships are one thing. Um, we do donate proceeds. Like recently we did a donation to an organization called Pearls for Girls, which is an organization that just does a lot of work with young women in the city of Milwaukee. We donated almost $2,000 to them as part of proceeds from sales that we did. Um, so those are two pretty big ways. And then recently we started, I, I mentioned the workshops that we want to get into. And that's kind of like a, I think that might be like a separate business entity, we'll have to see. But we part we partnered in the past with a, a nonprofit called Black Space. And Black Space works with black and brown people in the city. And it's like a free therapy resource. So they partnered with us to do uh, free therapy, but in the form of art therapy. So they brought a licensed therapist to the studio. And we had a whole like workshop around that. And it was just one of those moments. I was like, okay, I can see us doing more work like this. And it was absolutely free. And it was just like a great experience for myself and for all the participants. So those are just a few ways that we've started to do like things in the community here and has so many more ideas that I'm really pumped about, including offering residencies. I think we need the space for it, but that's definitely something down the line for sure. 
That all sounds really good. And I think you yeah. mentioned as well, like a retail space, maybe. So I guess you could do yes. events and meetups and stuff like that as well. Yep. And actually, I'm going to look at a space on Monday. I feel okay saying this. So we've been in our current space for about two years now, almost. And I didn't think that we would need to move, but because we have outgrown it a little bit already, I'm like, I think we need to start looking for a space. And then I just happened to drive past the space the other day. And I was like, oh, ground level, got foot traffic. It's got bathrooms in the space, which is really important to me. So yeah, uh, I think that that'll be like kind of the start of doing more, even more work in the community for sure. That sounds so exciting. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. Yeah, you must be. And I love, and again, like I think what's really exciting about being an entrepreneur is yeah there's so many things you have to think about and you can never get bored because you'll always be the thing about designs about you know workshops about growing the space about what the windows are going to look like all this stuff which is super yeah, cool yeah yeah and I've, I've it's funny because I haven't even looked at the space yet I, didn't, I have an idea of what it looks like but I'm like oh I know they have these huge windows outside and how am I going to like decorate those I'm like okay at least chill out <laughs> you're not there yet but again like I'm such a, a visionary like and that's something I've learned about myself is that like I, I'm not a CEO. I'm not like I'm I'm a good manager because I need to be, but it's not like really my calling. My calling is more of like the visionary component. Um, it's where I really shine. So I'm always working towards that, like kind of always working towards getting to that position where that's what I do because that's where I'm the most successful. It's the most exciting bit. I don't think being yeah. a CEO is that fun. Probably not fun. I mean, no. you know. I, I just the decision making all the time. Like I'm always gonna have to make decisions, but sometimes I'm just like fatigued i'm like ah oh, maybe that's why i take so many naps <laughs> probably <laughs> just like yeah i'm so tired of making decisions <laughs> yeah. i'll just go nap instead actually yeah and so you've been doing a lot of we talked about this a little bit like brand partnerships and collaborations mm-hmm. and things that show you as well and you know what your interest what are what you like what you do have <laughs> you had a favorite collaboration so far Ooh. I've had so many good ones because the thing about the partnerships is that it allows me to get creative in other ways, which is what is so exciting. Like, I think, again, people were always curious about, oh, you've worked with like a makeup brand or you worked with like a tennis shoe brand or you worked with like a swimsuit brand. Like, how does this tie into clay? And we always tie it back in some way. Probably my favorite to date is working with Vans. This was back in 2020. It was such a fun project because I got to design a tennis shoe that was inspired by some of my pieces. And so many people loved it. And, you know, we didn't actually produce it to sell. But to this day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish we would have. Maybe we still can because so many people reached out to me directly. It was like, my girlfriend loves this shoe. How do I buy it? Or like someone in my family is interested in it. They've been looking at it for a while. Did we miss the sale? And I'm like, it actually never went on sale. Uh, I loved that project. I, th- I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I'm sure you can still ask them. You just go and show them all the messages and say, like, guys, we need to make this happen. Literally, like, that's the proof of the concept right there. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So I like to talk as well a little bit about the struggles. What's been the hardest part of running Loli Loli so far? I think the hardest part so far has definitely been financial components. I think that growing up, again, kind of going back to the fact that my mom was a single mom, I definitely have a little bit of trauma around money and managing money and budgeting and things like that. But at the same time, I was really independent from a young age, especially being the oldest. So I've learned from like trial and error, but now running a business, it's like a whole nother layer of managing money and learning the best techniques and ways to um, deal with money. And uh, actually, I mentioned I was 
talking to my banker the other day and that's because I was opening another bank account so that I can kind of disperse the funds in a different way. So one account is now operational and the other account is more for for revenue purposes. And I just transfer things around when I need to. I think that money has just been the hardest part. Sales tax, even in taxes. And obviously I have people who I employ now to help me with that. Even bookkeeping, like managing the books of all the ins and outs of the the money that come in and out. And it's a little overwhelming, but I'm the type of person that likes to at least understand it so that I know what's going on. I definitely am really proud of myself for bringing on help in the past year or so because I was managing it all on my own. And though it was fine, just not the cleanest, you know, not the cleanest system. Um, so I think, you know, and and two, we, we have to make enough product and have enough um, revenue coming in to support our payroll. I think that's kind of been the scariest thing is, you know, some months are definitely better than others. Uh, and as we continue to grow, it's easier to, you know, have like a continuous stream, but it gets a little freaky. And we haven't taken on any like investment, but it is something that I've, I think of sometimes like what that could look like. And I, I'm always learning about it so I can at least understand it. But yeah, money is definitely probably the hardest thing. I think all the other things, like everything's going to be hard in some capacity. What you just said about being able to pay the people you work with, to me, that'd be the scariest thing. Because when it's yourself, it's one, it's one thing. Like, and even to this day, I don't really pay, like I'm not on payroll. And I think that if you don't run a business, it's hard to understand that. But it's pretty common, like as you're growing a business to, I pay myself more as like, um, I think it's called like a manager fee or something. Or So I do pay myself and I obviously pay my bills, but the day for me will be the day when I can be on payroll and like have a consistent like pay coming in. That, that's the exciting part for me, but I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're so right about making sure you've got diversity in Mervenue as well. That's something I've yes. definitely been exploring as well, which is, you know, not having your eggs all your eggs in the same basket. In terms of streams of revenue, you know, right now we obviously have product that we sell uh, and then we also have merchandise that we sell. Um, and then the workshops is like another tier. It's like the experience. And then I have like the brand partnerships, which sometimes are where we get more of our revenue than any other component of the business. It just really depends. And then as we continue to grow, like television is something I'd like to kind of create or have as a stream of revenue. Uh, I've been working on a book now for like going on two years. Um, so that's another stream of revenue that I like to add on. And I do like speaking engagements. So that's another tier. So yeah, you're right. It's, it's important to to leverage all those different things because I guess the goal they always say is that you don't, I don't, you don't want to make money. You want money to be working for you. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be like working hour by hour and that's how your income comes in. You want money being made while yeah, you're like sleeping. That's income. what they say. Yeah. Passive income, yeah. Yeah. So wait, so the book sounds really good, but first, what do you mean by television? Maybe it's a US an American thing. What what do you mean by that? What would you be doing? I think we have a lot to share. And I love sharing what we have. And I think Instagram is a great platform for that. And I could be utilizing that a little bit more, but I do envision what it could be like to have our own show, like we're here showing more behind the scenes, even in the form of YouTube. I think I would settle for that. I think that I personally use YouTube a lot in a lot of ways. And I think that it would be really awesome to share more of what we're doing. There's there's a um, a popular ceramicist. His name, he goes by Florian Gadsby. He's based in London or he's based in the UK. I can't say where in the UK, but he's got a really big following and he has a really huge YouTube channel. And I'm really inspired by that because he just kind of shares his process and behind the scenes and he's got this lovely voice and it's really 
like calming to watch him do what he does <laughs> yeah that's yeah. definitely a really good idea okay that makes sense because i thought i don't know what i was imagining maybe you going on like news and talking about you know lolly lolly which would be really cool as well i mean that would be cool <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe we started to do like i don't know we bring hosts or guests onto a show and i thought about this concept of doing an interview on the pottery wheel like i'm on the wheel and i'm showing someone else how to do the wheel but it's also like an interview like almost like a podcast but on the, the pottery wheel like I think that would be such a fun concept I feel like people would do like almost like um that hot ones show on YouTube I love hot ones love hot ones yeah. <laughs> it's literally crazy cool but it's also crazy like mad the idea of having yes. people eat like hot wings and then asking them questions when they're like literally sweating <laughs> and dying um I love it so much <laughs> yeah me too it's the best show and he's so mm -hmm. good at asking questions. I think um, it's been really inspiring to hear Sean just ask questions in such a seamless way. Yeah. And I'm like, how is he doing this? Right. And also that has transpired into other things. Like I think they're, they have turned that into a TV show that's like on Hulu now. And then I know he's gone on to do other different types of opportunities. And I think that's just kind of the beauty of something. Like you have an idea and a concept and it just snowballs almost into other things. Yeah. And I think the lesson as well is probably that when he first had that idea and talked to someone about it, the person probably said, that's just weird man like what are you <laughs> talking dumb. you know so i think yeah i think your craziest idea is probably the best one like you need to mm -hmm. kind of yeah go with the craziest one gotta go for it yeah <laughs> i love that okay so as something i wanted to chat as well about is what would you say to someone that is maybe in a full-time job right now and mm -hmm they they're not really happy and they mm -hmm. kind of want to do something else but they don't really know how they could break from having a full-time job like what would be your advice to them I think my advice especially if you know what you want to do um, if you don't know what you want to do I think that's a little bit more challenging I think that if you want to break from your job you don't quite know what you want to do I think that it's good to explore by exploring I think that there's ways you can take classes. There's just so many resources out there nowadays that it's hard to just say that there's no way to learn because the, the amount of resources out there is insane. Even again, going back to YouTube, you can learn how to code on YouTube, like for example. So if you don't know what you want to do, I say stay at your job for a while and explore different things. Like take some evening classes, take weekend classes, do it with your friends, put yourself out there and go meet people, go to events and whatever's happening in your city. Uh, I think if you do know what you want to do and you're finding it hard to like break from your full-time job, I'm a big proponent of staying at your job for a little while because it's not bad to work at a full-time job. I think that you just got to find the time to start your niche or start that thing that you want to do. I think it's really hard advice to give to someone because you have to feel comfortable with what you're doing. You have to feel confident. And I think if, I think if you don't feel confident and you feel a little wish-washy about it, then it's going to show. But I think having confidence and just kind of going for it, um, which isn't the best advice. Like I'm, I'm not the one to give step-by-step -step advice, but I think relying on that full-time job for a little while is really important. And I think gives you the leverage that you need so that when you are ready to take that leap, you've hopefully been able to save up some money. Hopefully you've been able to, I don't know if you want to, if you're like a weaver or something, you make like weavings on like the loom, like sell some of those at like the local like flea market, apply for those or something. I think that was my segue to selling. Like I, I sold at markets and things like that. And that gave me the confidence to know like, okay, I have a product that people will buy. So yeah, I think there's a few different ways that you can take that leap without it feeling completely like scary. 
Yeah, it's like testing the waters and seeing how it goes. Yeah. And also kind of faking it till you make it. That's what I was thinking about <laughs> while you were saying it. No, but you know about that confidence thing. And I think probably you had that. Like if you switch path, you probably have a little bit of imposter syndrome at the beginning. And, you know, you have to work through a lot of feelings. But oh my gosh. it's a lot yeah. of, you know, I can do this. Why can't I, you know, and like just, just do it, fake it. Like, you know, feel confident and you'll be confident. It's kind of that thing, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, I would love to talk about this because to this day, there are times where I definitely lose confidence, like not completely, but I mentioned that I haven't been posting on social media as much anymore. It's partially because like Instagram, that's kind of our social media application of choice. That's where we originally really grew. And I've I've lost followers on there recently. I've lost probably 2000 followers over the course of the past year and a half. And even though I'm gaining followers, I'm also losing them enough where like it's just like off kilter. And that's been really discouraging for me. And I know the reason why it's because I haven't really been consistent enough on that platform, but I just can't be more transparent about the fact that everything comes in waves. Like I'm not always feeling a hundred percent and I'm not always feeling like I'm not the best at what I'm doing. Uh, but I think those are the moments where you have to really kind of lean into them and be soft with yourself and just kind of ride those waves. Right now for me, like it's the end of winter here. It's really cold and dreary and just like kind of disgusting. And it's just not very inspiring to me. Like I'm kind of over it and it's making me feel like probably like a little depressed. So I, I can't really like say enough that, yeah, the first step you're going to feel some type of way, you're going to feel some type of apprehension, but that's also going to show up a lot throughout the process and throughout your career. And yeah, I think it's just important to find those things, find those people in your life who help to ground you. Um, meditation is something I haven't fully got into, but I'm sure that it's something that once I do will really help me to kind of ground myself more. So yeah, there's different chapters and waves to it and you kind of have to just push through like any other thing. Yeah. Do you, does that happen to you? Can you relate to that? Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I think... <laughs> It's so, it could be daily sometimes, you know, there's yeah. days, the mm -hmm. amount of days I've, at the end of the day, I've been like, you know what, I think I should stop doing this. Maybe I should just yeah. open a bakery, you know, maybe my <laughs> life will be easier. And, and the next day it's fine. I think I'm learning to write it out better as I get older, you know, because I'm sure. very intense and I've never, obviously I've never, I mean, I couldn't, how, how am I quitting this? I can't really quit it suddenly, you know, but, um, sure. I learned to be like, Mel, you're feeling this way right now and you think everything is crap. It'll be fine tomorrow. You'll probably try something new and you'll be happy and, and it's fine. But yeah, I think it's just part take of, a nap. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> that, actually, I've done that so many times where I'm like, actually, I need to go lay down. I think I need mm -hmm. to shut my brain. My brain needs to stop working right now. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think it comes with being creative and just being human. I think it's a human mm -hmm. thing. And, and going back to like the world around us, like the World Wide Web, I think sometimes I get it in my head because I see other people on social media and I'm like oh they're really consistent like they're really putting stuff out there and I'm like how, how can I can't do that and I'm like you know what I'm at a different phase I can't compare myself to other people and I, it's easy to say now but there's definitely times where I'm like re really getting my head about it yeah I'm the same okay <laughs> last question I want to mm -hmm. ask you although I feel like we've talked about this already, about mm -hmm. some of your wildest kind of dreams and goals yeah one of my personal goals for myself which sounds boring, is I would love to own a home one day. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of lame, but going back to that financial component of growing up and not having that stability and understanding of money and things like that, I never really thought that I would own my own home. Truly just didn't understand the concept of it. And as I've gotten older and understand it more and I've become more educated on 
finances and home buying, all those kind of things. Like I, I'm like, oh, it's actually something I could do. Like I could do this for myself and I can maybe even own a home that maybe I build my own home from scratch. Um, Cause again, going back to the architecture in Wisconsin, it's not ideal. Um, so that's one of my personal goals. I always want to travel. I'm always traveling. So I feel like that's something that I'm always meeting that goal. Um, Japan in particular is a place I really, really love to go, especially in the world of clay. I feel like it would be so magical to go there and like tour different factories and studios. Uh, I also love Japanese food so much. And then I just, I'm always like connecting is really important for me, whatever capacity. Um, and that comes through business a lot in my art. I'm always trying to find ways to connect with people and just meet new people and I think through the business, I mentioned the residencies is one way that I would like to kind of, you know, help more people and be more involved in the community. Um, so those are some, those are some pretty big overarching things. It's crazy. You know, I'm thinking about it and I feel like I've already hit so many really big goals for myself in my life. And as I kind of continue to grow, I find new things that I like want, like new goals that I want to to reach. And I think that's pretty cool to say that I've already done like so many things that I want to do in life. You've been doing amazing. I'm sure your, your mom is really proud. <laughs> oh my gosh, she is. <laughs> my favorite thing is when she comes by the studio, like without telling me and she's just like talks to all the interns and like <laughs> brings food. It's like so cute. One of the reasons I moved back is being close to family is really important to me. But yeah, my parents are really proud. Oh. I think a lot of people in my life are proud. <laughs> that's very sweet. And they should be. And you should be too. Mm -hmm. I think it's that it's making sure you yeah you feel it because that's the other thing I feel like we tend to do a lot and try to do more and think about these goals and these dreams and not really reflect on what we've done mm -hmm. but you oh. have and that's good yeah I I oftentimes and I I kind of joke but maybe it's not funny that I don't really cry as much as I used to like I'm a pretty emotional person I, I really enjoy crying I think it's a great way to kind of shed like again those kind of toxins and move on from things I don't really cry as much anymore and I've really reflected on that and I do think it's because I am so constantly busy and my mind is just constantly going. But those moments when I do get like a good cry, I'm like, oh, that, that just felt so good and like cleansing. <laughs> I've been, I'm really proud yeah. though. I reflect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah. It's really interesting. But yeah, I'm so happy I got you on. I can't wait to see what you do next. And Me I too. hope that you space too. you're going to visit soon is going to be the one. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you want to know more about Mimi, then head out to mimiforcreatives.com and make sure to check the show notes for more details about our guest. I'll see you soon.